I was actually doing an energy healing and I saw myself in like floating up and looking at outlets and being like, oh my gosh, you have to unplug from those external outlets and plug into yourself. And when I did that, I remember like grabbing for the cord and, and unplugging and plugging into me. And it was like the moment I plugged into me, my entire life made sense. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. I'm so excited that you are here, and I'm even more excited for you to listen in to this conversation today with my friend, Lauren Schwab. Now, we recorded this episode at week three of quarantine, and I've lost count on how many weeks we are currently in, but it's perfect timing because over the weekend, I decided that I wanted to do a digital detox. I was feeling too plugged in and overwhelmed by all things technology, my cell phone, social media, emails, my laptop, TV, radio, and I was just craving so much silence. So I gave myself permission for two full days to do whatever felt good, get out in nature, sleep, meditate, workout, journal, clean, cook, shop, go outside, visit with friends, whatever I really wanted to do. And I was really amazed at how much more clear. I felt my sleep improved and just the power of unplugging. And this is really what Lauren Schwab is an expert at. So in this episode, we talk all about what it means to truly live an unplugged life. And if you've been feeling during this quarantine or at any point in time in your life, more distracted now than ever with scrolling on social media, maybe judgment is coming up for you and you've been consuming more than normal. You will love this conversation with Lauren and she will explain to you why it's so important for you to unplug, especially now. Lauren also takes you through her unique self-care practices that she uses every single day to feel more unplugged and more connected to her soul. And she shares an incredible story about living in a cave for 60 days and what that has taught her about resiliency, love, gratitude, and the truth of what we really truly own in this world. So my guest today is Lauren Schwab, retreat host and coach. Lauren is an expert in health, wellness, and mind-body connection. As the creator of Unplugged Mornings, Lauren created a nine-step process to help individuals disconnect to reconnect back to their true self. In connection to that effort, Lauren has hiked Mount Kilimanjaro, spent almost 60 days living in a cave, and competed with more than 1 million people to win one of 50 coveted spots in a competitive reality TV show held on NBC. Lauren has also opened and sold two fitness studios, is a certified personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and fitness model. In addition to leading online workouts that reach hundreds of thousands of men and women focused on changing their lives through fitness and mindfulness, and has been featured in USA Today Sports, Marie Claire Magazine, and Mind Body Green. Lauren has been seen on Good Day LA, 
Fox 11, Fox, ABC, NBC, Universal, GSN, E! Entertainment, CBS, and Sci-Fi. With tens of thousands of online followers, she was recently identified as a woman of influence in the Los Angeles area and was invited to the mayor's home to help lead and inspire young women across California. Lauren currently hosts wholeness retreats all over the U.S., and recently launched her online coaching business, Retreat Launch Formula, where she helps aspiring retreat leaders plan and launch their first retreat. She has also recently partnered with Samantha Kozak to launch a six-month transformational leadership program called TLP, which is a unique mastermind that combines deep self-development with sales, strategy, and systems for the ultimate life and business transformation. Lauren travels and speaks all around the country to provide hope to the hopeless, facilitate connection to the lonely, and share the message that every life matters. Guys, you are going to love this conversation. It is so deep. And if you are feeling called to connect with Lauren in any capacity, she is generously gifting $500 off her one-to-one coaching or 50% off all upcoming virtual events to you, my beautiful listeners, by using the code UNPLUGGED. Let's dive into the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Boldly Courageous podcast. And I'm so excited for you to meet my good friend, Lauren Schwab. Lauren and I met at an event back in January called Event Love. And what struck me the most about you, Lauren, is like this radiant light and confidence that you carry, but you're so dynamic. Like once I got to know you better, and really started to hear some of the different aspects of your life. I was literally blown away by just who you are as a person. And I literally am obsessed with you and everything <laughs> that you stand for. And I know this conversation is going to be amazing. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. And you never know when you meet someone what it's going to lead to. And here we are. I love it. I know. It's so incredible. So I start off every episode with the same question. What is one boldly courageous thing you've done lately? Oh, lately it's just staying home, (laughs) right? Um, I'm a big traveler and I'm gone a lot. So to just be here in my home and then also my body in my home and just to really be with myself and slow down, uh, that's something I think we all talk about a lot, but we don't really embody that. So I feel like, you know, we always want to think of these things like, I hiked Kilimanjaro, I jumped out of an airplane, but sometimes the most courageous thing you can do is literally just be in your own body. Oh yeah. I feel that so much. Um, we're, we are recording this episode right now in the midst of coronavirus and we're in California. So we're in, you know, voluntary quarantine. I'll just say that. And, um, we're coming into week three and this for me is where I'm noticing myself becoming a little bit more uncomfortable with the solitude, right? The aloneness, if you will, although I'm not necessarily alone because I have people that I live with, but I'm finding myself numbing out more than I normally would. Um, going down like rabbit holes on TikTok for like two hours straight. And then I look up and I'm like, what's happening? Somebody save me and feeling guilty about that too. So you are really, really big on living an unplugged life so that you can plug back in. So what does that look like for you right now? Cause I'm sure you're anchoring in a little bit more deeply into those practices. So talk a little bit about what being unplugged generally means, but even more so right now in this environment. Yeah, I think it's so important because, you know, as we were talking about, this is three weeks of us really kind of being home and quarantined per se. 
Uh, and you would think, and, and what the media and people are saying is, oh, this is a time for you to rest. This is a time for you to relax. This is a time for you to go in and, and work on those dreams that you've been hiding for so long. But what I've found, and I think you probably experienced this too, as coaches, we actually have more on our plate now than ever. So we have calls from not only our clients, but our family, friends, people reaching out, people needing support, right? We're light workers, we're healers, we help people. And so now all the people that typically did go to work <laughs> aren't going to work. And so those are the ones that are reaching out. So I find that this is a time where you would think there'd be less distractions and there's more distractions. And we actually are reaching for our devices even more now than ever. So our phones, our computers, we're scrolling aimlessly. And what happens when we start scrolling aimlessly is we start comparing. And the moment we start comparing is the moment that we don't feel good enough, that we feel like somebody else did something before we did, they're gonna be successful, we're not, I'm a failure, all this is gonna happen. And we've literally been placed almost in a box that's telling you to look at all of that. Like, hey, you're in here, you can't get out, so this is your only option. And that's not your only option. And that's, the, that's where Unplugged really comes in. And before all of this happened, unplugging was important. But now I think even more so than ever, <laughs> unplugging is important. And it's going to take more willpower because it's at your disposal. It's right there in front of you within an arm's reach at all times. So really what Unplugged is all about is unplugging from the chaos and the noise of the world, which right now we have more than ever. And plugging into you, plugging into your purpose, plugging into your, like my grandfather would say, your raison d'etre, which means reason for being in French. And I love that because when you're able to plug into your raison d'etre, plug into your why, plug into your purpose, you're able to actually serve from that space and you're not comparing yourself anymore because your raison d'etre, your reason for being is different than every other person on this planet. So when you can truly tap into that, it's like the possibilities for you are endless because you're so unique and you can really just serve from the overflow in that place. And so I really want to encourage people right now to take unplugged days. Actually, just don't even turn your phone on. Don't turn the computer on. Sundays are really great for this, but really take the time to go in, breathe, ask yourself questions. Why are you here? What is your purpose? What are you going to do with your time? All of this, how can you best serve people? And then read. Take time each day to read and learn something new take time in gratitude, take time for movement, just really take time for yourself. Yeah, I feel like anchoring into self-care is even more important now than it was before for those reasons because there's a lot of space and a lot of distraction at the same time. And I know I'm finding that for myself. I agree with everything that you were saying. Everyone's asking me like, how is it, how is it going? I'm like, nothing's really changed. Like I, my work schedule is the same. I support everybody online, but I'm not immune to the fact that other people's lives are, you know, completely have completely shifted. And I see a lot of my mom friends that are now having to work remotely, work a full-time job, be a full-time stay-at-home mom and homeschool. So they're basically doing three jobs right now. Oh, and at the same time, navigating a new normal with their partner because their partner is working from home too. So it's like so many different dynamics that you, that you have to navigate through. Um, so it's so important that you are, that you are anchoring into, you know, those self-care practices even more so now than ever before. Yeah. And I think like, when I think of self-care, like within the last year, it just hit me that self-care is really self-love. 
And when we're setting these new standards in our life for our relationships, for our business, for our routines, all of that kind of stuff, it's really saying like, I love myself so much that I'm going to say no to this event, or I love myself so much that I'm going to say no to coming to this or showing up for this or taking that call or whatever is really not serving our highest good at the time. And when I switched that around to just, I love myself enough, it changed everything for me. And so really thinking about that when we are practicing our self-love or our self-care, whatever it is that we, we know, if we ask our body what our body needs, our body will tell us. And that's the thing. It's like, does it need more rest? Does it need more sleep? Does it need more um, community? Does it need more connection? Like it will tell you if you just take that pause, the power of the pause, and you get silent and you get still and you get quiet and you just listen for the answer, your body will give it to you. Oh my God. Yes. I can't agree with this more. I'm like shaking my head going, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. And the power of the pause has helped me so much in these past couple of weeks, because there have definitely been moments where I can feel myself spiraling. Like I'll catch myself with a thought and then I feel the result of that thought in my body, whether it's fear or anxiety. And I start to notice my breath getting more short and I'm mm. like up in the like higher part of my chest that I'm not breathing fully. And I, I have to pause and put my hand on my chest and remind myself to breathe back into my body and shift my perspective and choose something different. And it's been such a powerful tool. So I'm so glad that, that you brought that up. And you know, this is also an opportunity for us to really kind of reevaluate, you know, what our values are, our core values Mm. around what's important. And anytime I feel like we go through transitions like this, where we're being redirected in a new way, Mm -hmm. it makes so much space for innovation. It makes so much space for what's possible. I remember, um, losing my job in 2012 and feeling very similar to how I'm sure a lot of people feel right now, uncertain, leaning into the old way of doing things and thinking that it was going to serve me. And I was like being redirected in so many ways. And now, you know, here we are um, on a completely different path of entrepreneurship and life by design and all those beautiful things. So I'm sure for a lot of people, they're sitting in this place of uncertainty of what's next, but that's the beautiful part of life is like, you never know. Right. And if you can just be present and pause and come back to what's actually real, you get out of living in the future and all the anxiety and the fear and you remind yourself, okay, I am loved and I'm enough and I'm abundant. And I've been anchoring so much into this idea of abundance lately. And I know you do too around like literally looking around, feeling the clothes on my body, looking at the food in my fridge and reminding myself, like, despite what's going on in the financial service industry or my bank account, I am abundant. Mm. and tapping into that future version of who I want to be. So when you were talking about, you know, I am, I am loved and I am, and, and what you were saying, like it, it brought that vision forward of what would my higher self do? And when I think mm-hmm. of my higher self, it's my future self. It's the woman that's already done the thing. Yeah. And how would she show up? What practices would she anchor in? Would she be, you know, downing a pint of Ben and Jerry's and binging on Netflix for four hours? Probably not. She would okay. be honoring her self-care. And like you said, resting when she felt like she needed to rest and um, moving when she felt like she needed to move. So I love, I love that you shared that. So what are some practices that you've been anchoring into with the, space. I'll, I'll use that quote. I'll use that word lightly because <laughs> as a, as a home, at home business owner, we don't necessarily have a lot of space, but what are some of the self-care practices that, that you anchor into? So many, I want to start though, going back to what you were saying about fear really quickly is that so many people right now have this fear of uncertainty and fear of unknown, 
But how is that any different than three months ago and three years ago, right? We always have these fears of uncertainty and the unknown and nothing has actually really changed. And even, you know, with clients right now that are saying they're afraid to sell, they were afraid to sell before. They were the ones that were afraid to ask for the sale or whatever it was. So nothing's actually changed in that. We have the same fears that we had before. It's just getting exposed in a new light. And I think that that's kind of like what the media does. So if we really look at that and we really drop in and ground into the fact that we don't know anything. We literally don't know anything. We don't know what the next minute holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We could get a text right now that could flip our world upside down that has nothing to do with the coronavirus or anything. It could be about a family member, right? So just if we can really lean into that and know that we don't know anything, we don't know what's coming, it's all uncertain. And that's the exciting part is that we don't know. And we actually don't own anything in this life at all. It's all borrowed. Our friends, our family, our apartments, our, everything's borrowed. And so if we can be so grateful for every second and every moment that we have with those people in our life, um, then we can sit into a totally different space. And that's the, that abundant mindset that you're talking about. And that then goes into what self-care practices am I doing on a daily basis right now? I did a call earlier today for a group and I just started the talk off with a question. And that question was, is what you're consuming actually consuming you. And so thinking about every single day is what I'm consuming actually consuming me. Is it owning me? Right? Cause we think we own something. It owns us the second we do. And it takes control over us and it gets a power over us that it doesn't deserve. And so I really started thinking about, okay, what am I consuming? What am I watching? Like in the media, on the news, um, when I get messages from friends or family, am I actually clicking the link and going down the rabbit hole and reading this? Um, and then also what am I fueling my body? What am I consuming? What am I eating? What am I drinking? Right? Cause we can kind of stress eat or we can go down these things. We're at home. So it's easier to just grab snacks and all of that. So I was really thinking about this. I'm like, okay, is what I'm consuming, consuming me. I want to be very intentional about what I'm consuming and what I'm putting in my mind, my body, my heart, my soul, and what I'm allowing in my home. And when I say home, I'm talking about my physical location where I live, that's my home, and who gets to come in here and what gets to come in here, um, but also my home being my body and my heart. So what gets to come in there as well. And so lately I have been completely, from the moment I wake up in the morning, uh, before I plug back into the world, and like I said, the chaos and the noise and all the media and everything that's going on, I plug into myself. So the first thing I do is I grab my Bible and I just go to the word and I open up and instead of going in order now, I'm opening up and just asking God to kind of pour into me the message that he wants me to receive for that day. And then I go from there into my devotional. And of course it's spot on every single day. I'm like, Oh, he's speaking right to me through the devotional. And then I go into gratitude and I write down the things I'm grateful for. So as you mentioned, abundance, right? If we shift into gratitude and we focus on what we do have versus what we don't have, we're going to stay in abundance. And that's the way to do it is just to write everything from your pillows and your toothbrush and all these things that we totally take for granted. I've been in a position where those things were taken away. Um, and I didn't realize until they were taken away that I was taking them for granted. So it's interesting now in a time when a lot of things are getting taken away, including our choice to even go to the park or the beach, which is wild to have that choice taken away. I've been in that position where I haven't had that choice. And so being able to stay in so much gratitude for the smallest things is so beautiful. Um, and then I I'll do some more reading in like a personal development book. And then I move, I've been going for runs. I've been getting out of the house as much as possible in my neighborhood. And, um, so just 
to me, movement is medicine. So as long as I can continue to keep doing that, I can move in the house too, which is great. Um, but those are some of the practices. I really am wanting to fuel my body. I'm very intentional with what I'm eating right now, knowing that I am sitting a little bit more than normal. Um, what I'm drinking, I want to make sure it has like things for focus, like lion's mane, whatever. I'm just very intentional about all that stuff. And I know that if I fill my cup up first thing in the morning with all of that, of what I'm consuming, then I will be able to go out and serve my community, my clients, my friends, and my family in a much more powerful way. Um, there's so many things that you just said that I'm like, yes, please. May I have that too? Like, I love everything that you're talking about. And I love that you, um, mentioned that you start your day with devotional because I feel like this is such an anchoring point for so many people is their faith. Mm -hmm. And I would love to know, have you always had this sort of like anchor point in your life or has faith always been something that you grew up with? Or is it something more new that you've kind of anchored into your lifestyle? Yeah. So I definitely grew up, um, in a, I guess you would say quote unquote religious family. So from the time I was born, I was going to church and I was church camp and all of that stuff. But I, I can't say that I totally paid attention when I was younger growing up. And I remember when I got baptized at 10, I really just wanted to be dunked in the pool in front of the congregation. <laughs> so that's the truth. And what's wild is that, you know, I, I went through, I, I went to church every day till I was 18. Then I moved out. Um, I kind of got away from the church a little bit. And I do feel like my life spiraled out of control when I didn't have God at the center and I didn't have faith at the center. Um, because I really believe in faith over fear and without the faith, it was all fear. And so I really didn't know which way to turn, but I didn't know that that's what it was yet. And it's, it's interesting how challenges in our life, including personal challenges, actually lead us to where we were always meant to go or lead us back to where we left. And so um, when I was 25, I woke up one morning and as cliche as it sounds, because it's like, oh, I just woke up and wanted to be different, wanted to change. Um, I just heard from God that you have to stop drinking. And I was like, okay, and let's do a hundred day challenge. Cause I work, I operate on personal challenges. I'm like, we got to set like a, a day and all this stuff. And so we, we, I mean, God, we set a hundred days and that turned into three years. And in that time, in the first hundred days, someone invited me to church. I went to church. And so this is now almost nine years ago. I haven't stopped going like every Sunday. If I'm, even if I'm in Hawaii or Nashville or anywhere, I'll find a church to go to. I watch church online. Um, and that has been the cornerstone of results in every single area of my life, relationships and business and everything. And I, I am totally sold out for God. And I know that without him, there's so many things in my life I could not have gotten through, right? Like that strength, that inner strength that comes from Jesus living inside of us um, is what has truly got me through. And during this time, especially because it's a scary time for the entire world. And we, you know, as feelers, we do feel the weight of the world. And so to just continue to be able to pray for humanity and pray for peace and healing and love um, and connection and all of that has been what's 100% getting me through this. I am not a person who um, like follows, let's say organized religion per se, but I am a very spiritual person. And so much of what you're saying resonates with me in a big level because it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the pause, right? When I pause and I am unplugged, I'm actually more plugged in to that inner knowing or the downloads from source, God, universe, energy, intelligence, whatever you want to call it, right? We all have a higher power that when we tap in, our intuition becomes so loud, it's undeniable. And when we question it and we don't 
trust it, that's when we start noticing that we're living life out of alignment. Things get really difficult. They get super uncomfortable. And Mm. we start to notice dis-ease in the body in different areas of the body, whether it's chronic illness or migraines or weight gain, substance abuse, numbing out on devices. It's all a way to block the channel that we all have. We all have this clear channel to God or the universe or source or whatever you call it. So it's just so beautiful to hear you share it in such a, in such a way. And I'm not surprised that, you know, you got that download, right? Mm -hmm. I think it happens to all of us. We just, some choose to listen and have faith, some question it and wonder like, where is this coming from? It doesn't make sense. So it's just, you get to choose what message you, you want to lean in. And you talked about living in in, an environment where everything was stripped away from you Mm -hmm. and really taking for granted, I'm not taking for granted, but having gratitude around simple things like toothpaste. Yeah. And I want to dive into this because I think that especially right now, a lot of people are living in fear because they're living in the future and the unknown. And it's really easy for us to spiral into the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. But I promise you that the worst case scenario for most people is not going to be what you lived through for 60 days voluntarily. You actually signed up for this. So we're going to dive into you living in a freaking cave for 60 days. So Share that story and talk a little bit about that experience because I know there's some parallels that you can draw right now to that experience, your faith, having gratitude, and I'm sure part of that is helping you get through this experience right now. Yeah, it's so interesting because I've done tons of talks on this because everyone wants to know about, oh, you lived in a cave? What the heck are you talking about? And you know, I would always end it with, yeah, you're never going to have to live in a cave or be quarantined or have all this stuff taken away from you, but you can, you know, do this morning practice where it kind of is the same, you know? Um, so now I actually can say that, which is wild because I never in my life thought that, uh, we would get to this point. Um, I guess I voluntarily signed up for it. I actually was anonymously submitted for this show and I still to this day don't know who it was. And I think that's because once I got back from the show, I was so messed up that they, no one wanted to admit it, that they were the ones that sent me there. And so, yeah, I actually, what's interesting is I, it was a show. And so we were actually quarantined to our hotel room for 15 days before the show. So it ended up being 85 days basically of quarantine, but the first 15 days, we were quarantined to a hotel room and we didn't talk to anybody. Nobody else was in there. So you were isolated by yourself and there was no balcony. So you couldn't yeah. even leave the room at all. Which this was, is a real quarantine. Like, like we're not on quarantine. People mistake what we're doing right now as quarantine. We're just been sent to our room, but you were legit like on Oh lockdown. yeah. <laughs> like it was, I didn't even have a key to my, my room. So if I left, I'd be locked out and I would be in trouble. <laughs> So, um, yeah, and food had to get delivered there. And, but still, I was grateful to have the food. Um, but then after that, they actually came in, blindfolded us, stripped us of every worldly possession, everything that we owned. I actually did not have one thing on my body I owned. And they took my computer, phone, my suitcase, everything. And I just got into a van, blindfolded, driven four hours out into like a cow pasture, basically. And then once we um, took the blindfolds off, we realized we were in a cave and we didn't know what the name of the show was. We didn't know what we were getting into. I was thinking maybe this is like naked and afraid or something because I felt very naked and afraid. You feel like that when everything gets taken away from you. Um, But then for the next 60 days, we were surviving, right? So we were surviving and it's kind of like what people are doing right now is they're surviving in a new 
normal. This is very different and this is change. So I don't ever want to discount that for people that change. It feels really scary at first. I do think that there's like a seven day period. And so maybe some people that have been quarantined are starting to get more in a routine because I would say after seven days in the cave, I did start like, I was like, this is my new normal. I don't have food. I don't get to brush my teeth. I don't sleep much at night. Um, I'm sleeping on the ground in the dirt and I have no choice. Like there was no like, Hey, I would be, it'd be really nice to get this or that, you know, there was no going to the grocery store. There was no, you know, going outside and going for a run. So there's so many things now where I'm like, wow, we have it all. We're like Kings and Queens during this quarantine, because we really can kind of at our disposal, get anything we want. We can have things delivered. Um, so our choice isn't really getting taken away. And I was thinking with like grocery stores and stuff, um, people are going and they're not getting the stuff they normally get. And it's like, well, get something different, <laughs> you know, try something new. It's actually okay. And you're, you're going to be okay. Um, as long as we kind of work together. And so that's kind of what happened in the cave as well. We realized the only way we're going to survive is if we work together. So there were six of us there and we knew that like, okay, if we're going to get a fire going so we don't actually freeze to death at night, we're going to have to take turns working on this. And we actually would even have to take turns sleeping next to the fire. So one person would be like by the fire and then the person on the end, like six people down would be frozen and they would move up there. So it was like teamwork. And we were like learning so many things about life and what really matters. And what we realized is when it really comes down to it, the only thing that matters in life is relationships and connection and community. That's, that's what we had in there. And we're like, well, we could, we could survive forever with each other. Like we have each other and this is a beautiful thing. And we realized like human connection, how important that was um, without distractions, right? So we didn't have distractions. We actually just had real conversations with these people who became our best friends, right? They knew everything about us from the time we were born to present. And, and then also we, we decided, you know what? We thought we were really grateful people, but we weren't because we took brushing our teeth for granted. We took going to the bathroom without people watching you for granted. Even be, there was no flushing system. So we all had to go in a hole that everyone went in. So you saw everyone's situation. Um, and it wasn't great, <laughs> you know, like wasn't a great sight or smell to see, but it was just one of those things where it was just like, wow, like to be able to take a shower and shave and wash your hair. We didn't do that for the whole 60 days. So if you can imagine what we look like, which is maybe what people are going to start getting to during this time. But yeah, it was just a very interesting time of like, you think you're going to die, but you don't, right. You, you actually get through it. And I would say we could have kept going in that situation because it really did become our new normal. But the lessons learned are, are kind of some of the things I talked about earlier with like, we actually don't own anything. Like the moment you think you do, it actually owns you. Everything's borrowed. We actually don't need all the things that you think we need to survive. We had nothing. We had nothing that we owned, zero. Um, and we were able to survive for that time and could have obviously kept going. And so um, all these little things like getting our nails done or getting our hair done or just choice in general, like we don't actually need them to survive. So it just put a lot of things into perspective. Yeah. And I think resiliency too, like just when you think it can't get any worse, like, and you have a bad day or you have a bad experience and you put your head down on the ground at night, not even a pillow and think, well, it could have been worse. And, oh <laughs> you know, like anchoring into the, that understanding of like, as, as bad as it's going to get, I'm still alive and I'm grateful and I'm here. That's such a beautiful example. And parallel for kind of what we're going through right now is like, well, you've actually lived through worse. Like this isn't that bad. Like a loved one passing away would be worse. You mm -hmm. fighting cancer would be worse. Like there are a lot of things that most of us have lived through that are worse. And again, it gives us an opportunity to realize how abundant we are, regardless of 
the money that we have in our bank account, like I'm mm-hmm. just looking at you right now and you have like a beautiful, like uh, sports top on, you have nice headphones, a, gr- a nice couch, like artwork in the background. You're in an apartment and, and somewhere in California, it's sunny out. Like that's abundant, right? Yeah. Even when you were in the cave. So what were some things that you anchored into then? Cause I'm sure it's mm-hmm. a little bit different now. Was it the same practices or was there a thought or a belief or a feeling or a person that you were holding on to that really helped you to anchor into those 60 days? My grandfather, I mean, he's always been my anchor. I talk about him all the time. Um, and he actually had open heart surgery right before I went in. And so that was actually one of the most difficult things. Cause I was like, if anything happens, you have to tell me and I'm leaving. Like there's like, that's just not, um, I wouldn't be okay with that. So I thought about him every single day. I actually ended up winning a challenge at one point and I got to FaceTime home with them and see him. And when I saw them, I'm bawling. I mean, it was like the episode of the year of just like me crying and seeing my family and stuff. And, um, but yeah, I anchored into that, but also, you know what I really loved? I just loved how old school it was. Like, it was like when it got dark, you went to sleep. When it got light, you got up. You had just like real, we would call them family dinners. Like, but we were literally eating like carrots and celery stalks. Like we all lost, I mean, I lost 30 pounds. I was like a sick figure. Um, but we like cherished that time of togetherness and we actually moved, we called ourselves the wolf pack, but we moved together. Like we all would like eat together and sleep together and go to the bathroom together. Like we just moved together and it was this really cool opportunity to, um, truly connect. And so it was just beautiful. I the old school part. I remember when I got out of there, I would just go to dinners and I would go to things without my phone. I didn't take my phone with me. So like if the people didn't show up or if they were like running late, I was just like, I left because I didn't know. Um, and so it's just like kind of cool if we can go back to that a little bit now that we have the opportunity to be a little bit more old school, like do what you say you're going to do, have integrity, show up on time, stay committed, like just all those things that I feel like we've gotten so far away from. So good. And this probably ties very much into your nine step process of helping people to unplug. Was that, did that come out of this whole experience? Yeah. You know, I didn't know it at the time, but it certainly did because I, the thing I kept thinking about in the cave is that there were no outlets. So there were no outlets. I, at first I was thinking to plug into like my fan that I need to sleep at night and my curling iron and my computer and my phone and my Nutribullet to make smoothies, like all these things. I'm like, there's no outlets. Like, what am I going to plug into? And then I thought about all the other external outlets that we plug into when you know, we're seeking happiness or we just want to fill a void. And that's kind of what I got into, you know, in my early twenties of like sex, drugs, alcohol, relationship after relationship, retail therapy. Well, when I get this, or if I have this, or this will make me forget about this, right? I was plugging into all these external seemingly like comfort zones. And what I realized is that I have to unplug from all of the external comfort zones and plug into my internal zone. And that's, that's where the unplug was born. It was a couple years later that I even had this, like, I was actually doing an energy healing and I saw myself in like floating up and looking at outlets and being like, oh my gosh, you have to unplug from those external outlets and plug into yourself. And when I did that, I remember like grabbing for the cord and and unplugging and plugging into me. And it was like the moment I plugged into me, my entire life made sense. It was like a scroll, like was rewinding really quick. And I was seeing my whole life and like every failed relationship, like job I didn't get things that I thought I wanted that I didn't get, like it was all for me. Like it had to all happen in that exact order for me to be where I am right here, right now. And I can always say like when I'm in the present moment, like here with you doing this podcast, I'm the happiest I've ever been. And if I can say that, then I know that if everything else didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. And so that is, that's really good for me to be able to plug into that. 
Amen. And what a powerful message for like the place that we're in right now. I truly believe that so much amazing amazingness is going to be created out of all of this space. Like new businesses are going to be started, new inventions. Like so many moms that are home with their kids right now are going to create things to make their lives Mm. more easy, you know, easier. And, um, people that have all this space that really do choose to lean in and listen to those downloads or God or whatever, and lean into their faith and really unplug and tap back into their gifts and, and what's important. They're going to just go on to create such beautiful things. I, mm. I'm so excited about it. So speaking of creative, you are a creative entrepreneur and you have your hand in so many different things. So I would love to know what is something that you're really, really excited about right now? Cause you're always creating something magical. Yeah. I just did a huge pivot because my entire business was in-person events, workshops, retreats, and I was a retreat coach. So I was coaching people how to host retreats, live events, workshops, all of that. And everything's been canceled. Right. Um, and so this is where we get to reimagine what's possible. Right. So it's like either canceled, postponed, or you're like really reimagining. And I think that's so beautiful because I was quickly able to do a pivot and create a virtual summit. So a lot of the events I did were kind of like summits. Um, and it's cool because I feel like now I can actually reach more people over the world and it eliminates a lot of expenses like travel costs, flights and hotels and all of that. Of course, I want people to be in person so they can meet and have these truly long lasting friendships, but this is the time that we're in. So I'm really excited right now because I'm, I'm pivoting into that virtual summit, which I'm, I don't know when this is going out, but I'm hosting next weekend. And then I'm going to turn it into a membership. So it's going to be um, weekly summits on Saturdays where we have a guest speaker and a trainer. So you get to live work out with, you know, the whole community and then there'll be a Facebook group. So people can go in there and get recipes and workouts and all that. So that's the big pivot that I'm doing right now that I'm super excited about. I love that. And can you talk a little bit more about who this experience would be for if there's people listening that want to, you know, find out more information, join your membership, who is it for and how do they get more info? Yeah. So the name of the summit is the recalibrate summit. And I feel like what just happened is our navigation got off a little bit and this happens all the time, not just now, this happens all throughout our life. Like we need to recalibrate when we get off track just a little bit. It's like, okay, what adjustment do I need to make here so I can get back on track? And so I love this because it's not just for this time, but for any time moving forward, the idea though, is letting people know what is possible telling people what they can do when the world's telling them what they can't do. Because even before this happened, the world was saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. And the word can't was just used so much. And I'm like, what can we do? Like, let's focus on that because otherwise we're just going to get more of what we don't want. And so that's what this recalibrate summit is about is just bringing all these amazing successful entrepreneurs into one space. And they all have different gifts. Like we talked about that your raison d'etre, they all have something different to offer. So each person that gets to experience this is going to relate to a different speaker and say, Hey, that's something that I like. That's something that I want to grab onto. And even like you said earlier too, I mean, the summit is about abundance versus lack. So refocusing what we're looking at right now and kind of turning off the, the news and being, you know, intentional with what we're consuming. So that's, that's really what the whole idea of the summit is, but it's touching on so many different things, like bringing in the movement aspect. We're going to have meditation, yoga, hit workouts, stretching, mobility, and we get to do this all together. So really just, you know, saying, Hey, when this is like the craziest thing for me is that 2020, I believed was going to be the year of live events, that it was going to be the year where everybody got in person and there was way more in-person hugs and all of that. And all of a sudden that completely changed. And I think it's so interesting because the more we connect in person, uh, the more real the relationships are and the more we can actually do and rise together. And I felt like this was 
honestly an attack from the enemy going, oh my gosh, look at all these live events. Look at how many people are getting in person. We got to swoop in and we have to do something to disconnect people again. So I'm saying, hey, enemy, that's not going to work. I'm going to keep people as connected as possible, if not even more connected by creating these virtual summits and these virtual communities. Um, so kind of like, you know, when God makes beauty from ashes, like there's ashes right now, but beauty can be made from that. And so I'm not going to let, you know, the enemy come in and change what I really felt like was going to be the thing for 2020. Yes, I think, yes, I'm agreeing with all of this. And also, I feel like the theme of this whole conversation is the in-person experience, like the actual, I am in my body having mm -hmm. an experience and I'm acknowledging it. And so also, I feel like sometimes you have to take away the thing you take for granted in order yeah. to truly appreciate it. And so many of us are, like you said, living our lives in this bubble of not having gratitude for the small things and the simplicities of our life or the conveniences that we have and really coming back to relationship capital and focusing on mm. what matters most is living from a truly aligned and authentic place, like having a, such a massive sense of gratitude, caring for our vessel, you know, and, mm. and really like anchoring into self-care so that we can keep our immune systems high and that we can be a clear channel for God or source or whatever it is so that when we show up in our relationships, we're not showing up wounded. We're not showing up in resentment or this like numbed out energy. We are clear vessels for love, for connection with other people. And so I know that our in-person events will come back yeah. and it's going to be even better than it was because so many people are going to be craving it. Yeah. But I also feel like the clear channel that everyone has from be doing the in-person work yeah. will add to the greater collective. So I love that you just said that and it's spot on. So if people want to join your membership, what's the best way for them to do so or to just get into your world? I would say Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Anything that I'm doing, I post on Instagram. I'm, I'm working on the Facebook thing. Um, but I think that anything that I'm doing will be on there. So you'll probably like link that in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything <laughs> will be linked, linked in the show notes. Amazing. Okay. So last question, and you can riff on this as long as you want. I'm all about giving women permission to just shine their light super bright. So what are you celebrating right now? I'm celebrating change. I think so many times in life we're afraid of change and I think change is really exciting. Um, it's, it's kind of like that when you see fear, do you turn and run away from it or do you run to it before I used to run away from it? And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is the indicator. It's like my true North. It's the flashing light that says, come this way. Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side. Um, and so I actually just really love the idea of change and, and actually being fearful. I, I would always say, you know, when people would say fearless, I would say that's BS. I would be like, fear more, like actually be more afraid and then do it anyways. And that's the thing too, is we're never going to arrive at a certain place in our life where all of a sudden we're fearless. Like, oh, I've arrived. I'm no longer afraid. I'm like, I'm afraid every day. Like every single day something happens. I get asked to speak somewhere and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm going to poop my pants. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it anyways. Right. And that's kind of like to the, to your point in the beginning, when you said, you know, I felt like there was this confidence about you. And what's funny is for the longest time, I did not feel confident at all, but that's how people would describe me. And I thought, man, I'm doing that like fake it till you make it thing, like pretend thing. And what's actually interesting is um, the first time that this occurred was in 2012 when I went to my first retreat in Big Sur. And there was 20 people there, complete strangers. 
And we, we did this game after one day of spending time together where we would go up individually and say to the person one word that that person embodied. And when they see you, this is what they think. Now, never in a million years did I think all 20 people would say the same word. Like, how does that even happen? That seems like, I felt like I was getting punked. And that word was confident. They all said that. And I thought, that's so weird. So fast forward to, you know, we, we met at the event love. So Lori Harder's event, this was at bliss project a couple years later. Uh, and I was sitting with six girls and we did a one minute inspirational talk and they all wrote down confident, confident, confident. I'm like, man, I am such a good faker. And they were like, well, maybe you actually did become confident. Like in this whole journey of continuing to do the things that scared you, maybe you are confident and you should own that. And so from that day forward, I was like, you're right. I am confident because I do the scary things. I do the hard things. And like, even if I step on stage and fall flat on my face, I'm going to get up and use that to talk about like knowing that everything is for us, no matter what, I really truly believe that even the scary things. And, and you know, this, it's like, we talked about this before the reason we can stay so positive right now and that we can keep a smile on our face and we can keep telling jokes to make people laugh and we can show them workouts and show them what's possible it's because we've lost people in our lives. Like we have lost family members at different times in our life and we've lost a lot. I think that that's like really what it comes down to. And sometimes you kind of have to lose it all to actually realize what you have. And I think the last thing that I will, will say with all of that is those personal challenges. So that one, when I was 25, the hundred day, no drinking challenge completely changed my life. 100%. So I did a coffee challenge once that was 30 days that turned into a year. <laughs> Again, changed my life. Um, but the last one that I did actually came from me falling super ill, right? Disease. Um, I got extremely sick, uh, burned out. I'm assuming I, we never really got test results, but it was like four months of no workouts, no driving my car. Um, I, I thought I would never be the same person again. I couldn't fly. I couldn't do anything I normally did. And I was like, I felt like a 90 year old woman. It was awful. And I woke up one morning. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's how God wakes me up in the morning. And he said, move. And I thought at first he meant, you want me to move states? Like, do you want me to move home? What do you want me to do? I was like, no, move. Like put your sneakers on, lace up the shoes and go for a run. And I thought, I can't go for a run. I haven't moved in four months. Like, no way. And it was like so audible. It was just like, get out there and run. And so I'm like, okay, I'm starting a mile a day running challenge. That's what I'm going to do and I'm going to heal myself. Now, the first seven days, again, that seven days comes into play so many times. Um, the first seven days, I was coughing up blood, crying, couldn't breathe. Like, it was awful. It was so painful. And I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I literally felt like that. And But then I kept going. I just kept going. And that lasted for 444 days in a row, no matter what. If it was snowing, if it was raining, if I didn't have shoes, if it was 1145 at night, if I just ate, if I was sick, it did not matter. Like I did that and I stayed committed to that. And I, I truly feel like it's those challenges in our life that actually show us like who we are and like show our character and show us what's possible. Um, when, when really you're like running your own race, right? When you just kind of keep the blinders on and stay in your own lane. Um, but I, I just like really encourage people to to take those challenges and do that. And, um, during that four months of being sick, and this was my whole point of even saying this is I lost a lot. Um, I lost a best friend to cancer. I, my dad had a heart attack. He survived, but at first I didn't think he did. So I kind of processed that really quickly. Um, and then I lost my entire business. I lost like all my, you know, savings, all my money, my car got broken into like, it was just like, 
anything you could think of during that time. And then on top of that being sick. So it's like, I really felt like I was losing it all. Um, and, and that's another time in my life where it was like, Hey, you don't own anything. It can be gone in the blink of an eye. And so it, this all really comes back to gratitude again of like what we do have and, and really just focusing on that. Cause I think we talk about it so much, but we don't embody that. And so I, that's what I would leave everybody with is like, take a look around and take inventory of everything that you do have and focus on that. Wow. I, I'm obsessed with this conversation because every time I talk to you, I learn something new about you. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't think it was possible for you to be even more dynamic than you already are. And you're just, <laughs> you're so amazing. And I'm so grateful for you um, sharing that because I know it's given me a lot of perspective and permission around detachment and living under false pretenses and just focusing on what's present and what's real and what what's within our control. And that's how we view the world, like the lens that we actually choose to look through. Yep. Um, so thank you for that. And I'm celebrating that big time. I'm celebrating you and what you've been through and your strength and how you continually just show up as an example and, and let other people see what it looks like that despite your circumstances, you still get a choice yeah. and you're leaning in and choosing love. And that's so freaking beautiful. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. That that's it. it. It all comes down to love, <laughs> right? Like that's with everything, unconditional love for ourselves, for our friends and family. And yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I think we were all born for a time such as this and to see how we would show up in this. And what's crazy is that for so many of us, um, we're living in the fear of getting some sort of disease that we haven't got yet which means that we already are processing that physically in our body as if it's already happened. And so why would we want to do that multiple times? Like if it is going to happen, it's going to happen. And so we just process it then instead of now before it's actually happened. Yeah. Right. I love that you just shared that. I mean, that's like anything worrying about the future that you don't even know it's going to happen. Like why, why put your energy there? Cause it may or may not. And if it right. does, but you've already played it and you've already physically reacted to it in your body 20 times, then it's the 21st time you might not be able to have the strength to get through it when it actually yes. happens. So like stay strong and do every control what you can control now, which is being very intentional with what you consume and strengthening your immune system and strengthening your mindset and all of that so that you will be able to tackle anything that comes your way. I love that. And I'm so excited for people to connect with you and get into your container of helping them do just that strengthen their mindset, strengthen their body, strengthen their, um, skills around nutrition and just being supported. So thank you, Lauren, yeah. so much for this conversation. <laughs> I'm obsessed. And guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, please share it on Instagram, tag Lauren, tag us, um, so that we can get this message out to more people and they can connect with Lauren and her amazing energy. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. So thank you ah, for being here. So grateful for you. Mwah. All right, guys. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.